0: Hey, welcome back to the Ascent Church Podcast. We have a great episode for you, so let's get to it.
1: Good morning, Ascent. Man, I, I always love when I get to hold the mic like this, Feel like I'm really about to break into song. Uh, but you guys would leave immediately, so I'm not going to do that. Uh, I'm excited we are in part two of the series called book of prayers uh, and we're really looking at the Psalms Which is this huge book in the middle of your Bible that a lot of us have no idea what to do with because it's just kind of weird Some of it and uh, really what it is intended to do is to be kind of a guide for prayer for us in our own life Uh, No matter what emotion you're feeling you name it you're feeling doubt Uh, You're feeling anger, you're feeling happiness, you're feeling depression, you're feeling hopelessness. Whatever the range of emotion you have, you can find it in the book of Psalms. Like you'll read some of those things and you'll be like, I can't believe this is even in the Bible. Like this is crazy. Uh, And that's really the whole point of it. Uh, God gives us a way in which we can pray, a way in which we can get our emotions out of our soul and up to him. And so I'm really excited as we're walking through some of these psalms. Uh, And today, my uh, good friend, Michael, Michael, you can go ahead and come up, uh, is going to be preaching Psalm chapter three. And this is Michael's first ever sermon. Yes. So what you guys are going to do is be very nice to Michael. Okay. (laughs) Yes. So if he says something like, "like you think it's a joke," it might not be a joke. Kind of funny. Just laugh. Let's let's hear a fake laugh. Can you practice that?
0: <laughs>
1: that kind of sounds how you guys laugh at my jokes. I don't, I don't know how I feel about that, Michael. Uh, if if he uh, if he says something uh, heretical, uh, just kind of ignore it because. Uh, It it just happens up here. It's very scary to stand up here and have all of you guys looking at you while you're trying to preach the Bible. And I know you guys don't mean to, but some of you look kind of mean when you're just kind of staring at the stage. So Michael's got to kind of deal with that. So if you can, kind of put a little smile on your face from time to time. Nod your head when he looks at you. All of these things are very helpful for a guy who's standing up here, bearing his soul and preaching God's word. So I am really excited about Michael preaching his first sermon. And I also think this is a great opportunity for us as a church family to practice our part, which is to work really hard at listening. Uh, The sermon really is two parts. It's interactive. So when I preach, I'm up here preaching, but I'm hoping also that you came ready to listen, ready to hear, ready to soak in what God might be saying to you. And so I want you to get your Bibles, or if you don't have a a Bible, get your phone. Uh, And if you don't have that, we put a big Bible here on the screen. So just follow along and and, and try to follow his logic as he uh, preaches through this sermon. And I'm going to pray for Michael, and then we're going to get started. Uh, Really quickly, though, if you are a visitor or you have a prayer request of any kind, I'd love for you to fill out this connection card, uh, and then you can drop it in the offering drop box on the way out. This is a, a, a lifeline between me and you, uh, and I, I love reading these and praying over these. Uh, and if you're a guest, uh, we're not going to show up at your door with cookies or anything like that. We just want to tell you how uh, glad we are you visited with us, and we might even send you a gift. And uh, gifts are always good. Amen? Amen. All right, so let me pray for Michael, and then I'm going I'm to hand it over to you, brother. Father God, uh, thank you for uh, Michael. Um, God, as I prayed for him earlier, I, just, I thanked you for his courage to get up here. Uh, I think he's already won in and, and my book and in your book. Uh, God, I know you're so proud of him uh, for taking this step to stand up here. And yet, Lord, I also know that you speak through your word. You speak through preachers. And so, Lord, I just pray that your spirit would use Michael today. I to say things that would reach our hearts. God, I pray for those today who are hurting. I pray for those today who need hope. I pray for those today who are anxious. God, I pray that something Michael says, something in your word, would do something in them that would give them a sense of peace. Lord Jesus, we love you and we praise you. Amen. Amen. Give it up for Michael one more time.
2: Good morning again. Now I want to apologize in advance. To those that may not understand my Irish accent. I asked Blake if I could have an interpreter, but he said there was no money in the budget for that. So I also read that the greatest fear and Blake mentioned the greatest fear in the world is Public speaking, standing up in front of people and talking, but I feel I have a way of dealing with that. For the past couple of years, I have worked at William S. Key Correctional Facility. I taught classes there to the inmates. So, with your permission, if it's okay with you guys, I would like if I could picture you all in orange jumpsuits. <laughs> and that, that, will help me, that will help me relax. <clears throat> so today what I'm going to talk about is Psalm 3 and how David prayed. I'm going to talk about my own personal prayer life. I'm going to talk about the obstacles we all face in praying and we're going to come up with some suggestions on how best to pray. So before we start let me pray. Dear God thank you for the opportunity to stand before those people please give me the words to say God and please help that we'll have receptive ears to to your word. In Jesus Christ's name we pray Amen well let me begin I grew up in the 1960s in Catholic Ireland so I'm old (laughs) and that reminds me of a story a couple of weeks ago I was at the store with my daughter Izzy and we were checking out and the cashier said that'll be 1776 please. So 1776 popped into my brain and I said, this is going to be a great opportunity to hear what Izzy knows about American history and Independence Day and all that. (laughs) So I said to her, Izzy, what is important about the year 1776? And she thought for a minute and she said, was that the year you were born (laughs) then? So So now 1960 doesn't seem too bad. (laughs) Well, as I said, I grew up in Ireland in the 1960s. My prayer life then consisted of repeating the Our Father, the Hail Mary, the Rosary, every day. And if you had to ask me then what my prayer life was like, I would say, quite good, we pray every day. My mother, there were eight of us in the family, and my mother ensured that each night we all knelt down and prayed the rosary. And we all had to face what the wall that was had three pictures on it. And every home in Ireland had those three pictures. We had a picture of the Pope. You had the picture of Mary, the mother of God. And... Lo and behold, you had a picture of President John F. Kennedy. He was revered in Ireland in the 1960s. So we had to turn and, and, and pray to them. But one thing that didn't happen in Catholic Ireland at that time when I was growing up was we never read the Bible. I never remember having a Bible in my house Never remember seeing people bringing a Bible to church. In fact, I remember one, an older guy. He was the only one that ever saw. He had this big, thick Bible, and he brought it to church um, every Sunday. And everyone was there. Were ridiculing him and laughing at him, and calling him a hypocrite for carrying a Bible around. So that was that was sad. I know at that time in my life, I didn't even see anything wrong with how they treated them. So, fast forward to 20 years ago, my whole life changed. I moved to the United States of America. So, I started going to a Baptist church got baptized started to read the Bible first time ever didn't realize all that was there that I was missing out on and my prayer life improved as well of course it's not up to the standard of my wife Cheryl
0: <laughs>
2: she has that prayer request book it around with her Every day she reads all the names and prays for him. And lately we have brought that prayer request book with us on trips and we read it and read it. So that I think is awesome. But I have to say where I am at my prayer life I still struggle. I struggle because I find that we're too busy with the kids, running here and there, school, going to gymnastics, doing all that. And we. I still struggle. I want to get a drink of water. And I know we all struggle with... Praying for something specific, and praying for it, and praying, and finally giving up because we're not hearing any answers. And a lot of times, also, we're guilty. We're praying, we're feeling guilty because we have sinned in the past, and we feel we're not worthy to pray to God, and we we give up on it. And what we forget realize that. Jesus has already died for those sins of the past. He has won those sins over and the the sins of the present and the sins of the future. So as I said, today I'm going to talk about Psalm 3. And let me give you a little background to where David arrived at this stage in his life when he cried out to the Lord David's troubles began as we all know when he saw Bathsheba lusted after her had an affair with her sent her husband riot to certain death on the battlefield and his his life really had a downward spiral after that and when we start Psalm 3, we're, we're looking at where his son, Absalom, his favorite son, was out to kill him. And the reason Absalom wanted to kill him was because Abs- Absalom's half-brother, Amnon, had violated Absalom's sister... And Absalom considered that David was not really getting involved and was very blasé about it. So he took the law into his own hands and killed his half-brother, Abnon. So this is where we begin Psalm 3. And I'm going to look at Psalm 3 under five different headings. And the first is invocation. And that's when David invokes the Lord. And all he does is say one word, Lord. We all have different ways of, of invoking God. I say, dear God in heaven, when we start our prayer. So invocation is the first one. And then it's where he makes his complaint. And several verses he makes his complaint. And then, instead of getting down, he grows in his prayer and he speaks with confidence. And he speaks in confidence in, in several verses... And then, finally, he makes his petition. He asks God for help. And and then he praises God for being an awesome God. So that's how we're going to go through Psalm 3. So, I will read the first one. Lord, how they have increased who trouble me. Many are they who rise up against me. So he complains to the Lord. And really those words are an overshadow of what Jesus suffered. Jesus was surrounded by his enemies. Jesus was facing dead. And in verse 2 it says, Many are they who say of me, There is no help for him in God. Salah. He continues to complain. And I want to read you the words of Charles Spurgeon, who spoke about verse 2. And his words explains it much better than I could ever. In verse 2, it says, he talks about it. He said, if all the trials which come from heaven, all the temptations which ascend from hell, and all the crosses which arise from the earth could be mixed and pressed together, They would not make a trial so terrible as that which is contained in this verse. It is the most bitter of all afflictions to be led to fear that there is no help for us from God. So that describes it perfectly that David was attacked and threatened to be killed by his own son, but, but it is even greater fear that God was abandoning you, that God was not giving you salvation so we continue without getting down on himself, David grew in confidence and in, in verse 3 it says but you O Lord are a shield for me my glory and the one who lifts up my head and we see this described in Psalm 18.2 where he says The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer my God, my strength in whom I will trust my shield and the horde of my salvation my stronghold. And he continues with confidence in verse 4 when he says I cried to the Lord with my voice And he heard me from his holy hill. And we see that confidence in Philippians 4, 6 to 7. And it says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And that peace. That God gives us. And God, and that God gave David. Led him into verse 5. When he said. I lay down and slept. I walk for the Lord. Sustain me. That confidence continued. And he continues into verse 6. Where he said. I will not be afraid. Of ten thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. And David knew the truth of Romans 8.31. Romans 8.31 was not written for a thousand years after David's life. But David knew the truth of it when he said, What then shall we say to these things if God is for us who can be against us it took David six verses to invoke God to make his complaint to grow in confidence when finally in verse 7 he made his petition he said arise O Lord save me O my God For you have struck all my enemies on the cheekbone. You have broken the teeth of the ungodly. David was not looking for just protection from God. He was looking for victory. He knew that God had given him victory in the past. He knew that God had given him victory in the present. And he knew and believed that God would give him victory in the future. And finally, in verse 8, he says, Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing is upon your people. Salah. David realized that his salvation did not belong to his enemies. It did not belong to Absalom. That there was only one place where he could get salvation, and that was from God. When, when I started working on this sermon, I thought, wouldn't it be cool and wouldn't it be a good idea to pray like David prayed? And I thought of, what is my greatest prayer? What is my greatest concern? What, is worry, what worries me the most in this life? What is my most important prayer? And my most important worry is my kids. I worry about the world that they're grown up in. They're only 12 and 13. The world that I grew up in was totally different. So I I worry about them. And I worry about what the future holds for them. And I wrote this prayer based really in the same format that David prayed. And I'd like to read it to you said, so, dear God in heaven, my kids are attacked by their peers, bullying, people showing them bad examples, teachers even sharing their opinions or lack of values to my kids, attacked by the media every day. But I believe that you will take care of them. You will protect them throughout their lives. I believe that you listen to my prayers please God take care of my kids put good influences in their lives give them awesome husbands and they in in turn raise God fearing kids give them discernment in all their decisions thank you God for answering my prayers I know you hold them in your hands you are an awesome God so wouldn't it be awesome if we all prayed like that if we all prayed invoked God made our complaint or our lament whatever complaint we had how we speak in confidence to him then make our petition and praise God for being an awesome God I believe the world would be a better place And I implore you guys and I ask you guys to please pray every day. Take the time out to pray for yourselves, your family, your friends, your kids. And I have one request today, if you would please pray for my kids. A couple of weeks ago, we had planned a trip to Tulsa, Oklahoma. We were going to kids were all excited, we were going to stay in a motel, go swimming, go to Jinx Aquarium and we were just decided that we were going to the golf the next day. That was, that was their idea, it wasn't mine. The, 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 the sharks in the aquarium was enough for me, that was my highlight. So, but a couple of days before we left, we were all planning and packing. And the girls had packed the week before and all that. And a few days before that, they said, But Dad, we're going to miss a cent. We won't be going to church. So I said, Yeah, we'll probably we'll have to miss it. And So we went and had fun. And we woke up in the hotel room some the morning. And it was early. And the first thing out of their mouths was, will we make it home for church? We can drive. And we said, well, it's four hours to know, and we, we may not make it, and they were disappointed. Well, to hear him talk like that, it warms my soul. I, I just love it. And I believe the reason for that is you guys, our church family it's the difference you're making in their lives and there's an old saying that it takes a village to raise a child I say that's wrong I say it takes a church family to raise a child
0: Amen.
2: and I want to thank each and every one of you for making a difference in my life and my, the difference in my Cheryl's life and my kids lives. God bless you Thank you for that. And Molly is already here. So (laughs) that's just like a bit of Irish magic there. (laughs) I am Irish, so Yes, Molly, my Irish Molly. (laughs) Perfect. So I would like you guys for the next couple of minutes just think of a personal prayer, something You could be suffering. You're maybe trouble with your kids. Maybe a relation. Maybe something personal in your life. It could be marriage problems. Everyday problems. Money. And I would like you to take a couple of minutes and just think about those prayers. And think about those requests that you have to talk to God about. And then we will pray for it. Thank you. I would would like for every one of us to stand and I want to read from Matthew 6 where Jesus taught us to pray. And if it's on our screen, we can say this Our Father together as a church family. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you, guys. God bless you.
1: Thank you, Michael. Uh, it doesn't matter if this is muted or not. You guys can always hear me. One of the things I love about Michael is he's so sweet and mellow, uh, and that Irish accent. I could just listen to him talk all day. Uh, and then I come up here, and it's like a train hit you. Uh, <laughs> now, I, I, that, that was that was beautiful. Thank you, Michael. Really. Compare that to my first sermon, and, and he's already miles ahead of where, where I was. But that that is really the, the power of the Psalms, is how beautiful and rich of a prayer it can give you. Uh, and you guys can do that also. You can read Psalm 3 and then write out your own prayer like Michael did. And wasn't that beautiful how he prayed for his children theologically and just and biblically? Everything was just so rich about it, and I love that. Uh, And if you're interested in learning about how to pray uh, through the Psalms, one of the things we say here is we don't just want you to believe it and say amen. We want you to live like you believe it. And so on the back of your worship guide, there is a prayer guide uh, that you can take this week. And I would ask you to pray through that. Um, And I think you'll find richness just like Michael did this week. Uh, So I'm going to pray for us just really quickly, and then we are going to worship God. Every time we hear the the gospel message of Jesus preached, we respond by singing and by bringing our best through money uh, and through our giving uh, with our our praises. Giving is not just financial. Giving is also uh, through our praises to God, and we worship him for all that he's done. So let me pray for us. God, we do worship you. We thank you for the book of Psalms. Lord, we thank you that uh, in David's problems uh, thousands of years ago, he penned a prayer. And he had no idea what that prayer would do or how you would use that prayer. And yet, Lord, we benefit from it here thousands of years later in a completely different context and culture. Lord, thank you for Michael. Thank you for the word he has given us. Uh, Lord, I pray uh, for his life moving forward in you. I think you've started something that you're not finished with. And I'm so excited to see where it goes. And I'm so excited to be a small part of that story. And I pray for those in which uh, right now you are stirring their hearts, stirring their hearts to take their next faith step or stirring their hearts to pursue you wholeheartedly. God, I pray that you give them the courage to do it. Jesus, we love you and we praise you. Amen. Amen. Friends, let's worship this God together.
0: is found in where
1: close, we remind ourselves of our mission, uh, and you know, uh, Sunday is awesome, and last Sunday was our first Sunday to miss, Taylor and I, in the history of Ascent, I was like a, a nervous parent, uh, <laughs> woke up at four in the morning California time to make sure everything was okay, uh, and it was, because the stream team is amazing, uh, I think you need me more than what you actually need me, uh, which which is an amazing feeling. But what I was reminded of just now is that it's not truly about Sunday. Sunday is awesome. It's when we come together and we celebrate. But we are no less a family of missionary servants on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday as we are on Sunday. And I want to remind us of that from time to time that as we go from here, we are gathering so that we might scatter and be the gospel presence of Jesus where we work, live, and play. And so along those lines, uh, we are a sent people. Serving people. Amen. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in to the Ascent Church podcast. You can check in with us on social media at My Ascent Church. New episodes each week. Thanks.